Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Werman. Today, we're going to uh, get into the last part of our NFL preseason 2023 preview. Um, we'll go through the win totals for each of the teams that we expect for the season. Uh, before that, we'll get into uh, a little of the uh, the end of the preseason and the Chiefs' uh, final game. Um and we'll kick off today with hopefully a very brief segment because I think both you and I are very fed up with the uh, Kansas City Royals. Uh, they dropped their 93rd game of the season tonight. Uh, Mike, what is your uh, level of engagement with the team right now? Are you are you locked in? I no no. I I think like most of Kansas City, we're more interested in what happens maybe five years down the road if they build a new stadium or not, and what it's going to look like than the, the current. Uh, product is on the field i think maybe you have some interest oh you know uh bobby witt jr is very good so you kind of i kind of keep an eye on what he's up to um maybe check for or 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 a couple of other players and mm. just see how the pitching does if, if singer is coming along or something like that but for the so most part be pretty decent yeah yeah cole reagan's tonight was really good um he well, was several appearances he's made have been quite good yeah so you know he's one of the only pitchers that's doing anything i think and i think uh singer is going to miss his next start with like arm fatigue too so that's, yeah so not a great, that's not a great sign no the one the one guy that had been good is uh or consistently okay at least anyway well, maybe reagan's will hurt his arm too just to make it make it even better um but reagan's has been really good he's been like lights out the lot you know no runs allowed the last two two appearances. He had seven yeah. no, no, seven um, shutout innings tonight. Though the um, the Royals kind of blew it at the end with their bullpen and maybe some odd decision making by uh, Matt Quatrero, which isn't really anything new. So I don't know. I don't know. It just it's just one of those things where the Royals are are, are losing. And maybe I thought they wouldn't be very good this year, but I didn't realize they would be this awful like historically mm. awful like they're they're just lucky that the a's are around so that the royals aren't the worst team although head to head the a's were much better than the royals like, yeah they were the four games out of six the a's won yeah. but i guess you could say unfortunately even in the current um like the way the draft is set up even if the Royals were the worst, it wasn't. It doesn't pay to be the worst anymore because you don't automatically get the number one draft pick. So, the Royals, I think, are just going to end up somewhere between the first and the third draft pick. If I, no, not necessarily. It's just the top. It's just the three worst teams have the same odds of getting the first. And, okay. and I think you can't go below sixth or something like oh, okay. that. Okay, so it doesn't even matter. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I don't. Yeah, I think if you're in the bottom three, I don't think you're guaranteed a bottom three a top three you mm -hmm. know selection so it's not great i mean in, yeah what's the how what is the third worst team in the league how far away it was the rockies at one it's point the, rockies. The, the cardinals were approaching it the royals while. are nine games behind colorado in the standings and yeah colorado is it looks like seven games Six and a half back of 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 uh, St. Louis, so the Royals could be fifteen games better and be in the exact same draft position. 
Yeah. With no advantage. So there, there's really no point to losing this many games for no, for for whatever reason they think they're losing. They almost have to be losing nearly on purpose with the decision-making that we've seen from the organization. I, yeah, I don't know if it's that bad, but they just don't have... They, they just aren't any good, and their players, even if they play well, somehow things still get bungled, and... I just, I think it's just, just which is, the faster this season can come to an end, the better. So yeah. just play the games out, and hopefully the Royals don't lose more than 110. Though it seems likely they might, at this point, lose, um, you know, 110 plus. But the 41 and 93, so they have 134. Four games played, so they have twenty-eight games. So they'd be wow. on pace for forty-nine and a half wins, forty-nine point six wins. Can you get? Can you win a partial game? So it's forty-nine wins, is it not? Yeah. So let's say they go uh, forty-nine. They'll be forty-nine and one thirteen. Yeah, is their pace? That's their so... yeah. That's their pace, but that's the season-long pace. I think recently they've only been winning like one out of every six or seven games. Yeah, they want they they had a great winning streak like three weeks ago, and then they've been really bad since. They're one in one in nine in the last ten. They've lost five in a row. They are still technically third in run differential somehow. They're minus one eighty nine, whereas the Rockies are minus one ninety one to be second worst. So and the and the A's are way down at minus three oh nine. So like. The Royals, I don't know. They're just not they're not a good team. They're luckily maybe not the worst team, but the worst team matter. is not even gonna be in the same city probably in a cup. When, when do you know when the A's are leaving for Vegas? Is it um well so the latest was that the stadium wouldn't be ready until 2027. 2028 maybe so they're talking about an interim location they've talked about them playing um in another town for because there's their lease is up very soon here so they're talking about maybe two or three years um playing maybe in san francisco even mm. uh I, I just there was just an article about it just a couple of days ago um that they that they may play at an alternate site i guess they floated a few different sites for um, you know, the interim between when the new stadium would open and and you know when their lease is up, because I think the lease ends maybe after next season or maybe even after this season. So they may have to play several years and some alternate. Yeah, maybe they play in. I don't know where they play. Would they? What I guess, I guess you will. He probably has a. Baseball state, I just like what, what, um, you know, or would they play someplace like uh, temporary, like I don't know, Reno or or someplace. I'm, I I don't know where they uh, would go, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just reading right now. Yeah, it says like 2028 is when the stadium's gonna be. That's like they're no farther along than the Royals are with their stadium. They haven't even bought the land. They don't even have. Uh, they haven't even broke ground yet. Uh, haven't even broken ground yet in Kansas City. They don't even know where it's going to be. So, yeah, seems like 
the A's are not much in much better position. They their their stadium is going to be designed by another Kansas City firm. It looks like Schrock Kansas City Architecture. Have you heard of them? No, I don't know that one. Probably some guy who was at Populous or HOK. Or HOK that became Populous. Yeah. HOK Sport is back again. Oh, is it? Yeah, so it's a separate entity though. And then there's another there's at least one other uh sports stadium architect firm. There was Ellerby Beckett for a while. Yep. yep. I think that's still around. Um there were there were like three of them. There was something else too. Uh but yeah. It was part of HOK. And then I guess oh HOK is back. They 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 yeah, so HOK Sport became populous, I believe. Okay, so it says um, the company is one of several Kansas City-based sports design firms that trace their roots to Kivett and Myers, who designed the Truman Sports Complex, and other firms with sports design presence in Kansas City that trace their roots back to Kivett include Elbury Beckett and HMTB Corp. HMTB is, yeah, that's another big one. Too. And then 360 Architecture is also based in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So HMT, HMTB did Levi's yeah. Stadium and Allegiant Stadium, which is where the Raiders play. And then 360 Architecture was bought by HOK, and they do ballparks. And they did some other... They did... They did uh, MetLife Stadium and was part of the um, downtown design team that that was the that did the Sprint Center that was like a like a group effort I think right yeah um, so I don't know what yeah so I guess but um, anyway yeah I I don't know the Royals are bad and it doesn't look like they are making any real improvements they have a couple of good players but i don't i'm not i'm i'm just waiting for i'm just waiting for the season to end and and i'm glad that football season is approaching because it's um you know at least something that that seems like the 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 chiefs even if they don't win the super bowl they're still going to at least be competitive and it's a you know something that i don't know it's it's it, it's much less numbing, I think, the the daily grind of the of a losing uh, baseball team than uh, you know having even a losing football team. At least it's the games are interesting, even one if it's just just once a week, and you can at least you know uh, I don't know. It's it's it. I'd rather have a losing football team than a losing baseball team, probably, and maybe it would have rather have a winning football team. I don't know. Win, winning either one is fun, but. Wow. I think I don't know. It seems like football gets over more quickly than baseball does, and maybe that's part of it. And you can kind of already start to think about oh, the draft. We can improve next year, or if a coach, new coach comes in, the team can be a lot better. But in baseball, things are much slower to happen. Usually, it's a it's a slower improvement. You don't see it right away, and it's 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 a multi year. Yeah, process. well, and the individual seasons are more of a grind. Yeah, it's kind of depressing even just to talk about the Royals. And so let's move on to something a little happier. Even if they are not going to be 
repeating as Super Bowl champions. They might, it's possible, but we should talk about the Chiefs a little bit and then segue into our general um, NFL preview, the conclusion of our NFL preview. Is there anything that you like? So you, you, did you watch, I was unable to watch the Chiefs final preseason game. Uh, you watched it, uh, Dr. Scaff. Was there anything that caught your eye in, in that game? Yeah, I thought the, at least early on, um, well, so they, Mahomes did not play at all um, in the game. And, but they actually gave uh, Shane Bouchelle first team reps then, which I thought was a little surprising that you think typically they would have assumed that Gabbert was the number two guy. Uh, but Bouchelle got the number two snaps and did not have a great um, appearance uh, through a couple of interceptions early. Yeah, pick six and then immediately like a, deep return by the other, on the other one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, so the Chiefs were, you know, dug, you know, themselves into a deep hole uh, with the one, the, you know, starters minus Mahomes plus Bouchelle. Uh, yeah, it was 22 to three, I think, at the end of the first quarter. But uh, then, the you know, the Chiefs were. Pretty decent from then on. Uh, they would, won that game thirty-three to thirty-two, right? Yeah, on the last-second field goal miss uh, from from Cleveland, uh, which I guess led them to actually um, getting signing a new kicker. Then after, yeah, that. they they traded for San Diego's uh, kicker, not San Diego, Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Uh, Hopkins, I think, uh, went to the Browns, and um, now. Yeah, and also I think that that game ended up costing Shane Bouchelle perhaps his roster spot on the Chiefs. I think everybody, at least most people in Kansas City, seemed to think that they were going, the Chiefs were going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster when they went down to 53 uh, for the regular season, uh, especially given the fact that there's the new rule now that the uh, third quarterback can be used in a game, um, can, be, can be part of a team's uh, on-the-field roster that doesn't count against the 47 to 48 sized roster, depending on how many players are used uh, in, in different positions. But yeah, I think so that maybe that cost Bouchelle, although Gabbert also threw a pick six in the game against Cleveland. So, but, but, but uh, on a happier note, at least for me is if I had bet on that game, I was correct again on my uh, preseason bets. I had predicted the chiefs to cover uh, the spread. I predicted actually the chiefs to win outright and I predicted the game to go over. I think it was 42 or 43, something like that was the over-under. It wasn't very high, and it went way over. So I was in my over-unders. And, and Cleveland was actually favored in the game. So. Yeah, Cleveland was favored by three and a half, I think. So Six and a half, I think, is the line I saw. It went up to six and a half. Okay, yeah. I know the Chiefs are favored for six and a half. My, it uh, must have been because Mahomes was Mahomes was out. Not not planning on playing. Yeah, either. so anyway, I... I I made I didn't I thought maybe Mahomes would play a series when I made my bet, but I still didn't expect him to play very much at all. So, but I I am eight out of nine in my preseason over under um, money line bets and and uh, spread picks for the Chiefs in the preseason. So I hope that will continue into the regular season. My uh, spectacular betting prowess, although I'm sure it won't, but it's. And, and and also our our decision to make a blanket over bet on all of the preseason games final scores because they were all really low artificially most of the games hovered under 40 points or were just hovering around 40 points so i figured if it's that low usually nfl games are higher scoring than that especially when 
I think teams are trying to prove themselves. Players on teams are trying to prove themselves to make roster uh, spots and things like that. So I think sometimes, even though you think, oh, it's worse players playing, they aren't going to score as many points, sometimes they end up scoring just as many or, or more points. As, that's what the Chiefs have done. So uh, I think, what what was the what was the over-under? How many games went over versus under last week? Blanket over-under, um, over was 10 and 6. Nine and seven the week before, and uh, eleven or ten five and one in week one. So combined, if you would have done the sixteen hundred dollar bet every week, uh, you would have made eleven hundred dollars across the preseason, which yeah, is not sure. not bad on sixteen hundred dollars. That's a, that's almost a seventy percent return. Yeah, well, I guess technically you bet you you bet sixteen hundred dollars each of those weeks and i guess yeah but you get that money back then you use that same money that's true time, yeah. right so you're you're not losing any of that so. i'm not losing all of that money that's true yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it's a, yeah it would be it would be yeah i think we've we've shown that gambling is the is the way forward to managing money wisely especially gambling on nfl preseason football that's the really? real way to go if you're really a sharp better like the two of us we will uh maybe we should just maybe we should just do preseason uh sports wagering from here on out and not even worry about the regular season let the chumps uh bet the real games and we we will clean up in the preseason i did find our totals for last year and they yeah very even you ended 27 and 27 on the regular season bets and I was 27, 26, and one. <laughs> okay, so we were about 500. So with, so we would just lose a slight amount because of, if we had bet in real life, because yeah. of the juice. The juice, yes. And and I guess that's how they get you. Because we're, we're, I think, even if we had flipped a, a coin, a coin at least would not have done better right. than us, at least in theory. You know, so... I feel pretty good. We we will talk about our futures picks for uh, the team's wins and losses uh, coming up uh, in a little bit. But are there any other? Uh, was there any other any other comments you wanted to make about the Chiefs' preseason performance? Um, think- no, but I think it really it leads in nicely to what the uh, you know final roster choices were. Then, yeah. Did uh, anything surprise you about the uh, Chiefs' final cuts and moves on the last day? Yeah, there are several things that I, I that that surprised me. Again, we're talking mainly about the body. You know, there's a 53 man roster that the, the teams can have, and we're talking really about the bottom five spots on that roster. So these are probably people that are not really even expected to contribute much if they do play but i was surprised maybe the biggest but surprise like the, but it's like 30 guys competing for like five spots yeah yeah, the yeah kind so of there's a lot, lot of training camp battles you kind of end up having your favorites and things like that uh maybe the biggest surprise was that the chiefs um ended up um uh cutting uh, Steve, uh shane bouchelle as their third it seemed like they were going to go with three quarterbacks they went three quarterbacks last season and most of the season before with Bouchelle as the third. And it seemed like maybe until the last game, Bouchelle was playing just as well or maybe even slightly better than Blaine Gabbert was and was perhaps in line for that second position. But then he ended up getting 
nothing. Uh, he ended up getting. I guess the Chiefs are hoping that he'll be a possible practice squad addition. Can, but yeah, clear whatever waivers he has to go through. And, mm-hmm. and Chris Oladokun or Oladokun, however his name is pronounced, we, we've gotten mixed reports here lately at Warren Trek Power. Mm-hmm. Um, he was dropped as well. So the Chiefs only have two quarterbacks: Gabbert and of course Patrick Mahomes on their final roster. So that was one surprise. Um, there were a couple other ones. Do you have do you, do you have any other, do you have any what was a big surprise for you? Well, probably the outside of the two quarterbacks, the the two running backs. I think that were cut then too with uh, Daenerys Prince and uh, um, uh, P Ryan, well, yeah. Michael P Ryan. Yeah, Samaji P Ryan's cousin. They weren't they aren't brothers, uh, but Samaji I think is going to be on the Broncos this year, uh, filling in for uh, Javante Williams if he's not quite healthy at the beginning of the season coming off an ACL injury but uh for the Chiefs yeah I, it seemed like at the very beginning of camp uh Daenerys Prince was in line to make the roster to be kind of a Pacheco 2.0 because he was even, even unlike Pacheco who was drafted in the seventh round Prince was undrafted and he mm-hmm. uh surprised people in camp ran very well was also seen to be maybe the number one kick returner uh for the Chiefs mm-hmm. uh some uh Dave Tobe the special teams coordinator had had compared him to uh, Niall Davis, uh, who maybe for Chiefs fans from a few years ago might remember him. That's not, maybe not the best uh, comparison as a running back, but as far as a returner, he was really, really good. He never quite worked out at running back. He was one of, I think, I guess it's 10 years ago now that he was drafted. He was he was one of the two third-round draft picks I think the Chiefs had in 2013. Mm. One was Travis Kelsey, and the other one was Niall Davis. Mm. Uh, Kelsey ended up turning up. Uh, much better but i remember when Dave, davis was from arkansas was it was a good player but um he he didn't quite cut it at the nfl level other than in special teams he had a uh touchdown return in the playoffs against houston that was a big um return but they thought prince might be like that but then the michael p ryan really he was picked up off of the bengals roster towards the very end of last year that was when chris lamont's was picked up by the Bengals off off the Chiefs practice squad. It seemed like the Chiefs picked P Ryan off of the Bengals practice squad just to kind of mess with them as as the AFC Championship game was approaching. But uh, P Ryan it seemed like was running the best of any of the running backs. But um, it looks like the Chiefs going in will just have three running backs on the roster. Uh, Pacheco is probably the first one. Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who a lot of fans are not really happy about he's been sort of underwhelming as a first round pick he was the fifth year player option was not exercised on him this is his fourth year so he's going to be out of a job likely with the chiefs next year unless he comes back on a very reduced rate mm-hmm. and uh then jerk mckinnon that the chiefs brought back as their third bound passing specialist and i guess what maybe sunk prince was maybe lack of pass protecting ability on Mahomes. I think that's a big deal for the Chiefs for their mm-hmm. running back positions. And I'm not. And I guess they don't only wanted to keep three uh, running backs, so P Ryan didn't make it either. So that was a. I thought that was a, a a bit of a surprise as well. When they have to cover at least one position with a you know holdout and then an injury or then a, a suspension on defense, so they may have they may have been forced to keep maybe two extra players that they wouldn't necessarily have uh on cut down day until they can make the like technical you know move to put them on 
whichever list they have to be put on to you yeah. know bring up another guy on the roster space yeah so i th- i think the chiefs are hoping both of those guys probably make it on the practice squad um i was a little surprised as well some of the cuts in the defensive line um danny shelton was 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 cut but the chiefs ended up making a trade with the raiders to get uh defensive uh nose tackle uh neil farrell who had played at lsu uh, along with clyde edwards elair uh when they won the national championship and and he was a think of uh, fourth round pick of the Raiders last year or two years ago and uh, the Chiefs traded a sixth round pick to get him and so I guess he seems to be, be a stopgap in case Jones doesn't come back or maybe just also to add kind of run stopping ability in the middle of the line which I think the Chiefs want mm. uh, that was one of two trades the Chiefs made on Tuesday the other one was trading Amir Smith-Marset to the Panthers. Uh, Smith-Marset was another one of these camp darlings who had played very well in preseason games, uh, but he did not end up on the Chiefs' uh, roster, but instead has been traded to the Panthers, where it seems like he will make the team there, and the Chiefs will get the Panthers' 25-7th 20, round pick and give the Panthers... The Chiefs' 2025 seventh round pick. So, presumably, the Chiefs will have a better record than uh, the Panthers and be able to move up in the seventh round, I guess. It's only the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are actually betting that Carolina will still not be good. Not yeah. Year, <laughs> but next year, they're still going to be bad next season. Yeah. I was surprised they waited. They did a 2025 pick, but maybe it's, it's conditional. Maybe it's based on playing time that can really only be accrued over two years we didn't really get the conditions mm. but um yeah so the chiefs you know they ended up keeping seven wide receivers which was more than normal because uh justin ross the clems former clemson standout who had injuries and um other issues that had plagued him um maybe you know birth defect kind of issues with his spine and things like that 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 uh, affected him but he ended up making the roster as the seventh wide receiver. I guess we don't know the number ranking of the wide receiver, but then there'd be seven wide receivers and yeah. and Justin Ross was one of them. And so that's a you know, I think a lot of people were happy for Justin Ross. So, you know, the, the, that's that's you know the Chiefs roster ended up being a little bit strange, I think. Um yeah, uh, Matt Bushman a tight end ended up making it. I thought he's been pretty good. They kept Blake Bell over him. Uh I'm not, I guess maybe they think maybe if the Chiefs need a third emergency quarterback, Blake Bell can play mm. quarterback because he played quarterback at Oklahoma. Maybe that's um, maybe that's and maybe he's their third quarterback. He does like kind of bad quarterback sneaks lately. It seems like they don't ever make it when he does it. But yeah. I don't know how much of that's Bell's fault versus just boring kind of short yardage play calling that the Chiefs have been running lately. But yeah, so it's yeah. Are, are you? Uh, do you, did you find these Chiefs roster uh, decisions that did they confuse you? Were you, do you, do you are you are you down a little bit on the Chiefs because of maybe how what they decided, or is this like uh, we're just we're really arguing we're splitting hairs here and it, it doesn't really matter what uh, I think I think you summed it up uh, best when you know we came up with that you know saying that this was really the fight for like the last five spots 
And uh, so it's really hard to be that disappointed about a team that, you know, just won the Super Bowl. So I think I think everybody kind of had their own sort of personal favorites from the that they had from the preseason. And I, like I was really high on on Amir Smith-Marset after watching him uh, the last several weeks. Anyway, the last two weeks, anyway, he was great. And almost 200 yards receiving in those last two games. Uh, and they were and they had a couple that I think were even called back that he had even more yardage. So I was like, it's you know disappointing that he wasn't able to make the roster, but I'm, I hope that he, you know, makes, you know, an impact, at least somewhat of an impact on Carolina, I guess then, but good for him if he, if he does. Yeah. Yeah. You hope he gets mm-hmm. a, a good spot. Cause he had been a fifth round, I think draft picked by Minnesota a couple of years ago and hadn't really latched on anywhere. And, and so maybe this is, uh, it just took him a couple of years to develop and, and yeah. maybe it's a good sign that, well, the chiefs have a lot of depth, they don't necessarily have a lot of um, kind of proven talent. They have a lot of up and they have a lot of potential. I think um, the only real veteran that's had a lot, a, a decent amount of success is probably Marcus Valdez Scantling. Even the Chiefs' other veterans are like you know, it's Kadarius Tony, who is you know, still more potential than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, he, he's 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 more of a potential. Uh, impact player than he has been um a an actual proven player although he he showed what he could maybe do in the, in the uh super bowl when he had the big punt return and the touchdown but you know sky you know sky Moore should be improved from uh, last year rasheed rice the rookie second round pick um i guess we have justin watson who i think a lot of players or, or chiefs fans thought well why do we have watson back he wasn't that great last year he's a little older maybe he's just keeping somebody like ross or somebody like Smith Marset mm. for making the team. Mm. Well, it seems like um, I don't know. It seems like Mahomes likes Justin Watson quite a bit. He goes to him a lot. Maybe Watson uh, is maybe a slightly better version of Garrett Dieter, uh, who was on the roster, yeah, on the fringes of the roster for a while. Yeah, he was he Mahomes' appearances. You want to keep Mahomes happy, so yeah, maybe that's what it is. I think that's but, all. But I don't think the Chiefs made the most surprising moves um, no. of the NFL uh, on cut down day. Anyway, anybody stand out to you as a surprising yeah. set, of, set of cuts? Like this? I think on cut down day itself, probably the most surprising team was the New England Patriots. And we were talking about, well, we were a little bit confused why the chiefs dropped their third quarterback, Shane Bouchelle and also their fourth quarterback, um, Chris Oladokun or Oladokun, why they got rid of them. But the Patriots dropped when we did that. We did our season preview a couple of weeks ago for the AFC, I guess maybe just last week now for the AFC. Last week, yeah. The Patriots had four quarterbacks on their roster uh, Michael McCorkle, Mac Jones, and then Bailey Zappi, uh, Trace McSorley, and also Malik Cunningham. And as of Tuesday, only McCorkle, Mac Jones remains on the roster. So, they don't, the, the, so the Patriots don't even have a backup quarterback in place. Mm-hmm. What were the Patriots thinking? What are they thinking? Why do they only have one quarterback on their roster? Are they trying to get Carson Wentz? That There was a rumor last, a couple of days ago that the Chiefs might – want Wentz maybe you could say well maybe that's why they think I got rid of Bouchelle but you might think well they would have gotten rid of Gabbert instead of Bouchelle if they wanted Wentz that's what I would think yeah but um 
you think maybe you know one of the two Gab or I mean you know uh Oladokun or or uh Bouchel passes through waivers and they can re-sign them put them on the practice squad and that's the third quarterback maybe New England's doing the same thing but with three maybe guys, New England is going to pick up Shane Bouchel maybe Shane maybe they like Shane Bouchel maybe but I I was thinking that the, that New England was maybe going to get rid of Zappy simply because they didn't want to challenge. Mac Jones too much. I think maybe Mac Jones's ego was bruised having people in New England want Zappy last year more than they wanted Mac Jones. Zappy played better on the whole, uh, better than uh, Jones did last year. I don't think there's really a lot of differences physically between the two. Zappy, I think, didn't have a very good camp, but I think that's also because the Patriots want so much not necessarily to have the best quarterback succeed, but wanted to have Mac Jones succeed mm. this year. And they really went out of their way to like make things easier on Jones particularly. Well, they, they did break sort of their tradition by trading up to get him to begin with, which is not something that they've been doing. They usually find these value guys late in the draft rather than... Yeah, spent yeah. capital to move up and get somebody they want. They thought they yeah would. they got it two years ago. Yeah, they got they got him in the fifteenth yeah, yeah. overall pick two years ago. They bought brought uh, his old offensive coordinator and uh, from Alabama and an old offensive coordinator in New England before he became the Texans coach and Bill O'Brien, uh, famously uh, with the interesting uh, chin uh, dimple because yeah. it's like a thumbtack in his, in in his uh, chin and took it out. But yeah, so they brought him back and he was a Mac Jones supporter. So I guess that's what they're doing. I don't know. I I would have guessed they would have kept Cunningham around. Yeah. Because if you think, well, Zappy is too much like Jones. We don't want to confuse the issue. We, Although I think Zappy played well enough last year to deserve a, a chance at the starting job, mm. quite frankly. But maybe maybe that means... Yeah, maybe that means that the Patriots are looking for an upgrade. Also, the backups. Maybe, maybe my my assessment of them trying to help Matt Jones, Mac Jones, uh, succeed isn't really what was going on. Maybe they do want somebody who can be a, maybe a veteran. Uh, it depends which, on who they who they pick up. I guess. Yeah, Colt McCoy also was made available. So, like, it seems like Brett the, Rippin. Brett Rippin. Yeah, it seems like the Cardinals, especially, are maybe trying to tank this season because they got rid of their only experienced, really experienced good quarterback and also got rid of David Blau and, and, and a couple of other uh, players. And they brought in Joshua Dobbs, who was the Cleveland Browns uh, kind of odd man out mm-hmm. uh, there. But uh, so it seems like Dobbs is probably going to play uh as the starter it seems like unless they bring in was it uh Clayton Toon who was the fifth round draft pick out of Houston this year is he gonna start like they're waiting for Kyler Murray maybe to come back but who knows when that's gonna be and maybe they're just trying to play it can't be until at least week five we already know that because physically unable to perform list so yeah so he's so he's out for at least the first four weeks of the season so they're stuck with using either Toon Dobbs or some combination of the two because that's all they have now, right? Isn't it? Yeah, they got rid of Driscoll, Blau, and Murray's not going to play. Is that like it seems like maybe they're just trying to 
because they traded some players away recently mm-hmm. uh, to other teams that were pretty good for them. So like, maybe they're just trying to get Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, and maybe figure out well we can maybe trade Kyler Murray's to some to some team next year. We'll worry about that when when if when it happens. The, I think the Cardinals have both the Texans first round pick and their own first round pick. So it's a good chance that at least if the Texans, if the, if the, if the Cardinals aren't the worst team in the NFL, the Texans might be. So there's a pretty good chance of having the number one overall pick. And it seems like right now the consensus pick is Caleb Williams. Although a few years ago, we thought the consensus number one pick was going to be to attack of Aloha when we thought maybe the dolphins were trying to tank tank for Tua, but it ended up being, Joe Burrow, so maybe there will be a different mm-hmm. since it's number one picked uh, by the end of the college football season. But in, my, you know. in Miami, ended up with him anyway, so it didn't. Yeah, Miami got him anyway. Yeah, even though Brian Flores was not uh, was supposedly fired because he did not uh, intentionally lose uh, football games, he didn't lose enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but so uh, maybe because you said mentioned the um, Arizona potentially tanking to get the new quarterback, do you think? that they will attempt to trade Kyler Murray and would get more than a fourth round pick for Kyler Murray, which was the, apparently the going rate for high draft picks that haven't panned out as much as expected. Uh, what we saw in San Francisco this week then too. Yeah. Trey Lance got traded. He was going to be the third quarterback, maybe in San Francisco. They ended up taking Brandon Allen as the third quarter because Lance got traded to Dallas and uh, Will uh, Will Greer ended up being the odd man out there. Did you, did you see that Greer had like this amazing uh, game uh, that he played in preseason mm. right after, right before right after maybe he knew that Lance mm. was coming. Mm. Um, he had a, a fantastic uh, because I guess a fantastic game and had like um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Uh, maybe. Um... Maybe Arizona or New England will go after him then because he's Greer is available now too. Is that right? Yeah. Greer um Greer was 29 of 35, 305 yards and four touchdowns rushing and passing. So 29 of 30 in in his final preseason game. That's not so, bad. Yeah. That should earn a spot on somebody's roster. Yeah, he's yeah, he should maybe again, maybe that maybe that's who New England wants? Hmm. Maybe that's you know. So like maybe that's why the maybe that's why Bouchelle was let go because well you have Zappy, you have Colt McCoy who was let go by the Cardinals. You have Will Greer. You have some bigger names now that ended up getting um, ended up getting cut, but at the fifty three man uh, deadline. So maybe they think well we can sneak these guys into. I think I think at least what we have read was that the. Patriots also thought they could uh, sneak Zappy into the practice squad mm-hmm. and maybe also um, Cunningham, but yeah, I don't one or both mm-hmm. they may be aiming for. Yeah, but you'd still think you'd want one of them on the on the on the main roster. Somebody, one of them. Yeah, you need to have at least two. It seems like because the third quarterback is you know only used in emergency and also has to be on the fifty-three man roster to use the third mm-hmm. quarterback. So. I don't know who the Patriots have. Maybe that was a sort of, you know, ex-college quarterback that's become mm-hmm. a NFL position player. But yeah, it's it's puzzling. So you you have to think 
that the Patriots will make some kind of, maybe even by the time this airs, the games don't start until uh, the week after Another week. next. So it's, or next weekend, week after next week, I guess next week uh, we'll have the Chiefs game. They open on Thursday night, uh, the 7th of September, I think. And, yeah, Thursday is the seventh. Yeah. So um, the uh, so yes, our next episode will be our season uh, first first game picks. Then will be yeah next week for us. I know everybody's gonna be excited to tune in yeah. for that. Sure. Uh, any 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 other uh, news around the league? Uh, we guess we have two big holdouts at least still. We have Joey Bosa holding out in San Francisco and Chris Jones holding out Kansas City. I actually read an article somewhere that they thought the Chiefs should trade Jones for Bosa, and maybe that would uh, help both teams and maybe... Maybe both would be happy then, too? Yeah. No, no. Or is it Nick was it Nick, Nick Bosa? I mean, not Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. Yeah. I get Nick but, and Joey confused. Nick plays for San Francisco, Joey plays for the Chargers. Yeah. You would not expect the Chiefs and Chargers to make a trade. That would be a little surprising. Yeah, no. And so Nick Bosa. Unless um, unless one of them knew that something was wrong with one of the guys that they were trying to like. I think both of them want about the same amount of money. I guess it makes a little more sense for Nick to pay Nick Bosa because he is younger and it's maybe makes a little more sense for him to hold out because he's not making as much money as Chris Jones is. Mm. Chris Jones is still making $20 million this year. So... You know, he wants more, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just better for him to play out this year and get a new contract if he doesn't think the Chiefs are going to get it, give it to somebody else, get get from somebody else. And maybe, but maybe holding out might also hurt his offers from other teams next year if they think, well, this guy's just, this guy's a malcontent. He's, he's going to hold out when uh, he's mm-hmm. not, if he's not satisfied with his contract maybe, or something. Maybe like every that. year. Maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I hope Jones comes back before the season starts. But it's a, that's my biggest worry if I were if for the Chiefs. Uh, it's the it's the possible lack of Chris Jones early. I guess in the there season. was a report this last week that that he was maybe willing to hold out until through like the first eight weeks of the season. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but that's what uh, what was reported. I also ha- I also heard a rumor that uh, Chris Jones's agent was eating at. Not Oklahoma Joe's, Nick. Joe's Kansas City barbecue, uh, yeah, recently, and maybe that was a sign that things were uh, negotiations were progressing or something like that. But it's hard to say. Was the agent is in Kansas City? That's a good sign, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, any any other interesting tidbits from around the NFL before we move on? I I think at this point there's usually we usually talk a lot about those like we've mentioned kind of before we talk a lot about those like roster cutdowns and pickups and things like that and for the most part those don't usually turn out to be that big a deal because those are the lower people on the roster maybe five or ten years ago it was the chiefs picking up some of those cast offs from other teams and actually inserting them into the starting lineup Mm -hmm. Uh, chiefs did that uh had like five or six players maybe in 2013 or 14 that they uh, ended up putting in the lineup, but the chiefs now are not on the top of the waiver wire anymore. So they're going to, they're not going to get the picks like that, but you know, 
the trades were interesting, I think, and, and maybe there will be more, maybe there still be, will be more dealing and wheeling and dealing and wheeling in the next few days. I think the rosters will make a lot more sense when the practice squads get finalized. And I assume New England will have at least three quarterbacks <laughs> somewhere in the stack. Uh, whether or not they're on the rig on the full roster or not, but yeah, well, you'd think they would have at least two on the regular mm-hmm. roster because you just need to have a backup quarterback, it seems like, just yeah. in case. But well, you, you for at least it works for at least a couple weeks to elevate someone from the practice squad to the active roster. Yeah, you can do that, I think, a little bit for a few weeks before you have to like make a decision about bringing them on the roster or not. So, yeah, I think there are three you can do it three times for a practice squad person, but then. If you do it again, that person has to be on the 53. The permanent roster. Right? Permanent roster, yeah. But it's a it's a tricky uh game to play uh at that at that level. And so like this is this is where the GMs and the uh um the executive staffs kind of you know set, can separate themselves from one another is how they manage uh those those kind of roster edges and uh you know how to deal with the salary cap and things like that uh when you know payment is weekly rather than yearly and you have to prorate things and what is added you know it's it's a it's a it's a complicated system that the nfl has chosen to go with simply to save a little bit of money because some of the teams are cheaper than others Mm. and we all want to appear like we're doing the same thing all of our boats must row in the same direction as uh uh, they said in, in 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 Godfather Part Three. Yes. <laughs> so, um, speaking of of uh, Godfather Part Three, this is be our third uh, part, third and final installment of our NFL preview. It's going to be a little shorter, probably we think, than our two previous sessions when, when we previewed the quarterbacks for the NFC and then the AFC. Now we're going to kind of predict the overall performance, the final record, regular season records of each of these NFL teams, and also um, say how they will come, uh, how how, uh, how these final records will play out when it comes to the, uh, the sort of NFL future betting that you could do for the season. Uh, most of the sports books and uh, websites uh, have, listings for each team saying how many wins will this team have in the regular season will be over a certain number or under that number. And we've done overs and overs or unders for each of these 32 teams. And uh, do we want to get into that? Yeah. And so I think we, we independently came to our numbers. So that maybe it'd be interesting for us to maybe talk about what methodology we each used um, to, to go about picking the over under on these I think we we had similar strategies because we didn't we didn't talk about this before. Uh, we decided we were going to do over unders um, on each team's win totals, but we didn't say how we were going to do it. How how did you go about deciding if you were going to go over under on anybody's win total, Mike? I I decided I was going to look at each team's every game that each team played over the course of the season and I tried to decide well is this team likely to win or lose that game and I and I came out with a winner or a loser of all of the games for, of of the 18 weeks of the NFL season so each uh team plays 
um, 17 games. So each I did each team's uh, uh, 17 games, and I picked was this going to be a win or a loss. I used a grid. If you are, are listening on the podcast, you can't see this grid. But if you're uh, maybe if you're um, watching on on the YouTube channel, you can see the grid. And I made X's and O's, and I and I kind of had some mistakes here and there. But I had a scheduled grid of each of the teams. And I went through week by week, team by team, and thought, is this a win? Is this a loss? Is this a win? Is this a loss? And so I came up with my final numbers based on that grid. I didn't look at the over-unders until I finished that grid. And then I just kind of found out, well, with, this is where I stand. Uh, I ended up picking over. I ended up picking under. Uh, and that's how I did it. I, did, I didn't want to um, look at the over under really until I did until I did the grid how did you end up doing yours so, so you literally picked out every single game for the whole season that was your yes game. yes That's I don't I, if as we go along each week I'm, I'm probably not gonna keep that in mind but I figured well you know I think at least right now you know I, I don't know if I'll get all the games right but I, I it gave me a Is sense no? of you're gonna get them all right <laughs> it gave me a sense of how well these teams are going to do. So like, you know, I ended up picking the chiefs to win, I think 14 games and, and losing three, but I don't necessarily know the chiefs are going to lose the three games that I thought they lose or, or win, you know, but I figured, you know, I, that kind of put them in a, in a certain, um, you know, in relation to the other team. So I didn't, I didn't think of each team in a vacuum that way, because now I, I can say, well, this minute, they're going to be an equal number of wins and an equal number of losses. Mm-hmm in the NFL this year. And I want to be able to allocate them uh, reasonably well. Uh, and that's how I, that's how I decided to do it. Yeah. So the, I mean, yeah, no, that's, that is, yeah, but like the brute force, but you have an actual like accurate number then for how many wins so you have the exact number of wins that are possible. I did. I, I ended up kind of messing it up. I, I think I had two teams yeah. win one game at one point, but I, I think I ended up going back and figuring maybe, it out. Maybe you're off by one somewhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I didn't quite go, the full brute force. I kind of it was a sort of a hybrid version of what what you did. I, I actually did pull up each team's um, schedule and then kind of like went like felt through it in segments. Like, oh, like this is a very tough stretch. They'll probably only win one of these three games. This one's pretty easy. They should win like three of these five. This section's like really hard again. They're only going to win one out of those four. So I so I came up with a win total for each team mm-hmm. that way, but my win totals will not be accurate for the whole league then. So like they may not be possible the way that I learned out anyway, but it's, it's good enough for me to estimate uh, an over under number. So, so I do have a win loss total for each team as do you, which we didn't say we were necessarily going to do, but that is how we both sort of came. Yeah. Up it. Uh, should we? Yeah. Why don't you want to go through it the way we, the way we did the quarterbacks? Uh, start with the NFC and then do the AFC and then but go from west, south, north, east, the kind of reverse geographical order from uh, maybe we would do otherwise. From how from how the uh, U.S. was founded. Yeah. From east to west, we'll go backwards. Yes. And we'll also do south before north rather than north before south like we yeah, tend sure. to. Maybe it's because of our pro-Confederate leanings here on the Orange <laughs> We, we don't have pro-confederate leanings on the warship power we were staunchly union in the civil war that's strongly anti-confederate <laughs> yeah but on the war but in the nfl the south is going first yes um at least before the north but the west is going west i guess is best so we'll start with the nfc west 
have you, yeah do you want to lay out your divisional picks sure or do you yeah do you want to do it alphabetically or do you want to do it uh, in the order that you think the teams will finish uh i can do it either way how about how about i'll, I'll put them in order by win totals is that okay fair Sounds so good. i had san francisco winning division 12 wins 12 and 5 then Rams second eight and nine and I have Seattle and Arizona six and eleven both. Okay. okay. And I had um I have Seattle. I mean I have San Francisco winning as well. I have them at ten and seven. I have Seattle and the Rams both at eight and nine, each at eight and nine. And then I have Arizona at three and fourteen. Um, so the over unders that we ended up going with were provided by um the FanDuel uh website. Mm-hmm. Um, the San Francisco over under was 10 and a half. You said 12 wins, so you're over. I'll be over, you'll be under 10 wins, so I'm under. We're both so, over on Rams, yeah. Rams was over six and a half. I have the Rams actually winning eight games, so did I, and you had them winning eight games. Seattle was also well, Seattle was eight and a half. And I think we're both under with Seattle. I had Seattle winning eight games, going eight and nine. You had Seattle winning only six. Yep. So you obviously thought Seattle maybe was a flash in the pan last year. Geno Smith maybe is not the answer at quarterback that he seemed to be. Yeah. Or he may be fine, but the team just isn't going to be as strong this year is my my prediction. And then Arizona was it was four and a half. And so you had, you were over on Arizona. I'm over on Arizona. You're under on Arizona. I'm under, I'm way under in Arizona. I, yeah. There were three and four. I guess I'm only one and a half under, but I was thinking. Pretty far. Uh, when it's only four and a half. Yeah. I think now, especially people are going to go on the under for that. So, but, and who knows how much Kyler Murray is going to play. I'm sure mm-hmm. when Murray plays, the team will be better, but I think the Cardinals are not going to be a very good team. Doesn't look doesn't look to be that, that good. But I still had him over though, so I don't know. That may not be a good sign then for. But we have we have some differences though. Yeah, it's good two two differences already. NFC South, maybe uh, the worst division in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> my my division winner, uh, I have with only seven wins, New Orleans Saints. Uh, and then I have uh, Carolina and Tampa at five wins each. Atlanta with only three. Okay, so you had basically had the divisions beating each other up and then not winning basically any <laughs> games. We we had similar ideas. I think we each think the NFC South is the worst division, and I think basically we got the same order as well. I had New Orleans winning. I have them actually finishing ten and seven because I think they're clearly head and shoulders better than any of the other south teams so i think they'll go five and one maybe even six and oh i can't remember how i did it uh, in their division i think they i have them at five and one i think i have them only losing at at tampa bay so i had them winning the other one so i had i had new orleans at five and one the division they so i had them at ten and seven i had carolina in second at six and eleven and I had Tampa and Atlanta each at five and twelve. I didn't. I didn't sort the tiebreakers there. I, I list ended mm-hmm. up listing Tampa ahead of Atlanta, but I don't. I don't know if that's going to end up happening. But five and twelve for Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Um, and I think for so this ended up with a number of uh, different results for us. I, 
Uh, New Orleans was actually over under nine and a half. Yeah, just the one is flipped for us. It's the Saints. Saints. So I had New Orleans over. You had New Orleans under. Yep. Carolina was listed at seven and a half wins. Again, I I see it hard to. I I don't see Carolina being a seven and ten or a Hmm. eight and nine team. I have them at six eleven, which I thought was pretty generous for me. But that's mainly because they play Tampa and Atlanta, so they can win in those games. So I had them at six eleven, and then Tampa. I had under six and a half. You had under six and a half. We we had a both both of us had them five had five, and then Atlanta for some reason was was eight and a half was the over under, and I don't think either of us can see Atlanta anywhere near five hundred. They don't, they have the by far the I think the the most unproven quarterback, or at least maybe the the least pedigreed quarterback, mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, and they don't seem to have a really solid backup either. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I struggle to see how Atlanta will win. So even if you and I added our win total expectations together, it would still be under for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight, eight, yeah, yeah. NFC North is a little more competitive. Um, I have I actually have uh, Detroit winning the division at eleven and six. We have Minnesota nine and eight, Bears at eight and nine, Packers at only four and thirteen. Here we were almost exactly the same. We were only off by one game on the record, so we had the same same order as well. I had Detroit eleven and six, Minnesota nine and eight, Chicago eight and nine. I had Green Bay at five and twelve rather than four and thirteen. Oh I'm really? Pretty, I'm pretty. Yeah, down. that was really close. That was pretty close. I'm pretty down on Green Bay as well, but. I think simply because there are lots of bad teams in the NFC that maybe they can they maybe they can scrounge five victories. And I think Lambeau Field is still a home field advantage in the winter time. So I think maybe they could claw a victory too late that they might not get otherwise. I had yeah, I had Green Bay winning a couple games at home against the they play the NFC South as well. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe they could win a couple of those games late yeah. against the NFC South. So um five and 12 and so detroit's over under was nine and a half and so we both sports books weren't super impressed with this division no they well they were all bunched together which i thought was interesting Mm. um detroit was nine and a half so we both over with that uh minnesota eight and a half we were i think we both predicted them to have nine wins so we're both barely over Mm. chicago seven and a half so we're both barely over with eight and nine predictions. But Green Bay was seven and a half, too. I don't see Green Bay as being as good as Chicago. I think because we don't know what we have in Jordan Love, and that's probably why we are downplaying the Packers' chances this year. Mm. I think Fields seems like a, especially in his third year now, maybe seems like he's a stronger breakout candidate to be a really good player than um jordan love is so mm. so the packers were both under the seven and a half for the packers pretty solidly and then i guess we move on to the nfc east which i think is the probably the best division of the nfc the west is all right but i think the nfc east is a little bit better um i think they have they had three playoff teams last year mm-hmm. um and I think we have them finishing exactly the same order that they did last year. Do we? Uh, I had the Eagles winning the division at 12 and 5. Yep. Same here. 
I had Dallas in second at 10 and seven. I had the Giants in third at eight and nine in the, and the commanders in fourth at four and 13. So we, we had um, same records for Dallas and Philly. I had the Giants. Uh, oh, also with the same, you had eight for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the same record there too. So uh, I just had, I had one more win for Washington than you had. So you were 12, 10, or tw- sorry, I was 12, nine for Dallas. Okay. So we were, I was one more for Dallas and one worse for yeah. what, what for uh, Washington. So, yeah. So for Philadelphia, their over under was 11 and a half. So we're both slightly over at 12. Yeah. Dallas's over under was nine and a half. So I ended up going over and you were under. We, so I think that that kind of indicates that the line was probably put at the right place if we're right there. Um, the Giants were over under seven and a half, and we both were eight and nine with them, so just barely over. Mm-hmm. And Washington was six and a half, which seems a little bit high, such as since they don't really have a quarterback either. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell is the predicted starter, and he and it seems like, especially in that division, he's probably the worst of the four quarterbacks pretty easily. So yeah. I picked, yeah, and so I had them at four thirteen. You had five and twelve. You were a little bit. We had switched Green Bay and and uh, Washington. I think I had Washington at four thirteen, and you had Green Bay at four thirteen. So those are our, our, and they're both under. So it's under six and a half there. So, so, so we do have some differences, but they're all fairly minor. No, no, like dramatically different results. I think it's interesting just to see the you know two different strategies for picking out the games, and uh, very close. And I and, and I didn't look at the. Um, the sports book win total numbers before I'd picked out the games in the same way that you did. It seemed like, so I think that's the way to do it. You don't, you want to be influenced by it. You want to yeah. just kind of come in with a clear idea. Um, what was your playoff? What did your playoff picture look like in the NFC? So I have uh, Philly and the 49ers with the two best records in the league uh, saints and Lions also winning divisions, Saints being the lowest at seven to ten to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. that, which is kind of amusing. Uh, then I had uh Dallas, um, who else? Oh, Minnesota and Chicago, uh, as the three wild cards. That was similar to similar to mine. I had Philadelphia as the one seed, I actually had Detroit as the two seed at 11 and six. Um, I had the 49ers only winning 10 uh, and the, I had the Saints also winning 10, but I think I can't remember. I think maybe the Saints won the tiebreaker in my little scenario. So I had the Saints as the third seed and the 49ers as the fourth seed. I have Dallas as the fifth seed at 10 and seven. I have Minnesota as the sixth seed at nine and eight. And then I had a four-way tie for seventh at eight and nine. So, and I didn't decide to break. I, I actually had two four-way ties for seventh seeds in each of the conferences um, and I ended up, didn't end up breaking the tie because that would have been too complicated for me to yeah. figure out. Um, yeah, I had Seattle at eight and nine, the Rams at eight and nine, the Bears at eight and nine, and the Giants at eight and nine. So one of those four teams I had, I had as the seventh and final NFC playoff team. So I had I had the Rams and Giants uh, also tied with Chicago, but I had them not making it. Yeah. Oh, okay. so you had a tiebreaker, but I didn't. I didn't go through the actual rules for the tiebreaker. I just decided. Eh. Oh, I see. Okay. 
Yeah. You could yeah, it works. It works. <laughs> so you didn't figure out you didn't figure out each game, so I would have had to go. I, I can't go through the tiebreaker mechanism because I don't yeah, I, I would don't, have had to go I through didn't each pick every game, game so. and I forget which way the ties are broken for it's it's intra division is broken first and yeah. then outside and then like but then it's records among the tied teams and then conference record and then like I I, I, I forget so I eventually get some coin flip and it doesn't really yeah. matter it really points doesn't. scored point differential yeah. I think even, yeah common um, opponents isn't that yeah so when you, do you how confident are you in these uh in, in these picks as of right now I am fully confident that all of them are going to be exactly right mm-hmm. Mike that's is that not once, yeah. once the very first game of the season is played, I think I'll probably tear this up and throw it and you know burn mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it looks a lot like last year. Yeah, the the teams that are competing for playoff spots this year are essentially I don't know. Usually, there's more turnover in the NFL than this, but mm. uh, I guess in the NFC South, it was Tampa Bay that won the division, and we have them both. Both of us have. Uh, Tampa as being non-competitive since Brady is gone and being replaced by Baker Mayfield. Well, really, that last season, that that team, that bracket was all that whole division was only within one game. Yeah, it was eight. Yeah, Tampa was it was eight and nine, weren't eight, they when they won? When they Atlanta, won. Carolina, and New Orleans were all seven and ten. Yeah, um, Green Bay was also pushing for a playoff spot until the last week, and now I think with Rodgers going, I think neither of us think that they're going to be as good. Um, I think the Bears are going to be a little bit better as you. I think the Rams aren't going to be as bad as they were last year. If if we predict correctly, then the Bears would be five games better than last season. Mm-hmm. We both had Minnesota being four games worse than last season. So it seems like the Minnesota lost or they won, I think, were they 11 and 0 in like one score games or something? Yeah. It was a, they won these coin flip games at a kind of an absurd rate. So you would think they yeah. would come back to earth, even if their team is just as good. And you might say, well, the team's not as good because they don't have Dalvin Cook anymore. They have Alexander Madison as their first running back and you know, maybe some other, you know, so, but I, I think in Detroit, we think it's going to be a little bit better. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, it makes sense. I, I, it might be a little bit, conventional wisdom what we're picking but i think most of us are picking maybe more down on green bay than maybe the average person might be and um i think maybe a little higher on the rams than mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. the rams were two years away from two years removed from winning a super bowl they still have aaron donald if and they and if cooper cup and matthew stafford stay healthy you think their offense is pretty good and the nfc is not nearly as good when i went through the records of the afc versus the nfc I think the AFC was on, I think total was about 30 games above 500 when you added all their, all their records together. And the NFC was about 30 games under. Mm. And since the AFC and NFC play each other five times a year, each, each NFC team plays each AFC team or each NFC team plays AFC teams five times Mm. in a season. I think the AFC is the clearly better conference and that's going to come out and that's going to affect the records um, of, of, of these teams. So I, I have the AFC teams as being as, as having on the whole higher records than higher, in higher numbers of wins than the NFC. Do you want to talk about the, the NFC? I mean, the AFC. Yeah. Or do we have any other yeah, NFC get away from this conference and get to the good one. Yeah. Like you just said. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, of course, now we say this, the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to have the best teams. But um, but sometimes you might say, well, the NFC, you could say this is maybe something that people argued with the, with the Eagles was that, well, the Eagles, when they played the NFC playoffs last year, they played, um, they started out against the Giants who were terribly overmatched and played terribly after, you know, maybe they were worn out after beating the Vikings. And then the 49ers didn't even have a quarterback. And so the the Eagles made it through their mm. uh, bracket unscathed, basically, because they didn't have to play anybody who was any good. Yeah. And the only team that was possibly good was the 49ers. And they were on their, you know, fifth string quarterback, which was, you know, their injured third string quarterback or a running back <laughs> playing quarterback for them. And so, like. You know, of course, they were fresher and better, and maybe they almost won the Super Bowl. Maybe simply because they had a easier path to go uh, to go through, where the AFC teams were kind of beating up on each other, and the you know the Chiefs were kind of walking wounded when they came out of the uh, AFC uh, playoff race when Mahomes was hurt and, and things like that. So that you know, I think simply having a better conference does not mean the year that you're going to win the Super Bowl. However, mm. so um, but maybe maybe on it because usually you're only playing one game anybody can win one game but um i think the afc simply mainly because the quarterbacks are better in the afc and and because the quarterbacks are better sometimes there's a kind of an arms race to develop stronger defenses or higher powered offenses to compete with the other higher powered offenses and and so the the teams are, are just maybe a little bit better well then they have to try to find that edge have to keep that yeah. whatever it is if it's uh yeah gadget type plays or if it's yeah just having the craziest arm basically in the league yeah so we're gonna uh same order we're gonna start yeah we'll we'll start west and then move our way east i'm guessing uh we both have the chiefs winning the west the homer the homer choice he already said you had 14 wins. I had 14 wins for the Chiefs. Yeah. I had, th- I had 13 and four. They won 14 last year, 14 or 14 and three last year. So I I I figured they'd probably be about the same this year. I actually had them losing uh at Minnesota, at New England, and then at the Chargers in the last game of the year when I thought maybe the division race would have been wrapped up and maybe they're gonna rest some of their players. And this is also maybe when as well the Chargers are challenging. For a playoff spot and desperately need a win and so i thought maybe that game was was going to be those those last games of the season's hard are hard to predict so i thought yeah maybe that would be a good spot to lose i actually had the chiefs beating um because they play i think their best the best teams that the chiefs play this year are all going to be at home uh they play the, the the bills at arrowhead they play the bengals at arrowhead and they also play the eagles at Arrowhead, so those are so I predict them to go undefeated at home and, and lose a few games on the road. Hmm. Nice. And I would, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won a couple of those road games and lost one of the one or two of the home games to the good teams. Yeah, which, which, which they seem to do a lot. So. so I could see them like not really trying in some of those um, games against like the Bills and Bengals, just because they don't want to show them anything if they have to face them in the playoffs they do tend to not necessarily use the full playbook in those games mm-hmm. just to make sure that they have an edge if they meet them again in the playoffs. So I, I could see them dropping both of those games at home just to not 
engage. And they did this. They did. Yeah, they lost. Well, they lost this past season. They lost to Buffalo at home, and they also lost to Cincinnati on the road. And they also lost to in the previous season. They lost to Buffalo at home in Cincinnati on the road. But uh, with Cincinnati, maybe they seem to be playing Buffalo in Arrowhead uh, more frequently. They they haven't played in Buffalo since the twenty. 20 season i don't believe that was the COVID year when and they blew out the bills that was the like the weird windy rainy game i think mm. and the chief just ran on the bills that 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 game and, and yeah, they hardly threw any passes that yeah, yeah like mahomes had maybe 180 yards passing or something it was yeah. uh, a little bit like the mac jones uh game the bills played against uh the, the patriots where i think jones had like two completions or something like that and yeah. the patriots still beat the bills uh because they just ran um but anyway, um, so my AFC West, the way it ended up going was I had the Chiefs winning at 14 and three. I had Denver at 10 and seven, a little bit of a surprise, um, given the, especially given the fact that I don't know how good Russell Wilson is, but I think they'll be better. The, the Broncos, they have a lot of, of their tough games at home. And I think Mile High Stadium is still a, or invest, whatever field it is at mile high is still a good home field advantage i have the chargers also 10 and 7 and i have the raiders um at 7 and 10 in the basement how about you uh i had um the chargers also at 10 and 7 i had denver flipped 7 and 10 and i have the raiders at 6 and 11 which is another one of those we're straddling the actual uh over under number for for the Raiders, yeah. So for the the Chiefs over under was eleven and a half, which I think both of us thought was probably a little low because um, with Mahomes as quarterback, the Chiefs have never won fewer than twelve games, and those twelve and five seasons are typically when either Mahomes is really struggling, like he did a couple of years ago, or he was injured for a handful of games, and they still were twelve and five. So I think um, actually those were like sixteen game seasons too. So they were yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still so over Chiefs, with a one one fewer game, right? Yeah, so I think the Chiefs yeah. they have a tough schedule, but I think they'll be they'll win more than eleven. Um, Denver's over under is eight and a half. Um, mm. So I had them over, you had them under, mm. and the Chargers is nine and a half. We each have them just over with ten wins, yep. and then Las Vegas is six and a half. I have them a seven, so I have them over, and you have them under. So I have all four AFC West teams as being over. Mm-hmm. you have two and two two under yeah yep i hope the afc south i think we both believe the afc south is a two-team mm-hmm. so jacksonville tennessee i have them tied at the top i have houston indy tied at the bottom actually so uh i have jacksonville tennessee each with 10 wins houston indy each with five I, I had them even a little bit more polarized than than that. I had Tennessee with 11 wins. I had Jacksonville with 11 wins. I had Tennessee winning the division on my tiebreaker thing. Um, I had Indianapolis at four and 13. I actually have Houston at two and 15. I, I don't think they'll be very good. They have a t- little tougher schedule, I think. Um, and Actually worse than their 2022 season. Yeah, and I actually have them um, – well – I have them. One of the games that would kind of change it is with Arizona. I have Arizona beating 
winning at Houston kind of later in the year. But also partly, I I just don't think Houston is going to be very good. And they're playing in the AFC, so they have, they have a tougher they have a tougher road to hoe than um, the AFC teams. And just the way I ended up being. I, a lot I of turnover though with Houston too. Like we don't really know. Yeah, we don't know who they are. What anything about them? New, new general manager, new, new coach, new, a lot of new players, a lot of new draft picks that just came in. They're a very new, new team. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they play. Yeah, I can see I think they might bounce back a little bit. It seems like I can see them winning a few more games. Down. But. The over-unders are odd, I think, for the South. Um, So Tennessee's over-under is seven and a half. And so you have them at 10. I have them at 11. So we both have them, each of them way over. And I think because they they were eight and nine last year, seven and Mm ten last year with basically no quarterback and no big threat receiver. And so when when Tannehill was hurt and DeAndre Hopkins was not there and A.J. Brown had gone to Philadelphia – and so this year, and wasn't Derrick Henry hurt too? For Derrick Henry was hurt some. The Traylon Burks, uh, their number one pick, was hurt. So like most of their players were hurt. And Tannehill, when he's actually playing, makes that team very uh, formidable. And they they were the number one seed just two years ago with essentially the same team. So I think um, I don't think Tennessee is a Super Bowl contender exactly, but I think they're one of the top five or so teams in the AFC. And so I had them uh, at 11 and six, so way over seven and a half. Jacksonville was nine and a half. I think people think Jacksonville's going to maybe walk all over the division. I think that's ignoring that Tennessee still has good players on mm. Tennessee. And they have a very strong defense, the, the Titans, maybe the strongest defense in, the, in that division. So I had, the, I, had the, I had the Jaguars 11 and six. You had them at 10 and seven. So it's so interesting. Yeah, we both had them tied. For the division lead with just one game different, you know, between the two mm-hmm. of us. Uh, but you had Tennessee winning. I had I have Jacksonville winning though, too. So that's you know okay. so may, just, it may play a factor in in uh you know playoffs at least anyway. Mm-hmm. So just over for each of us yes. with, with Jacksonville. Indianapolis and Houston were each six and a half the over under. Both of us are are pretty well under uh six and a half. Um, I have them. Well, I have Indianapolis and Houston together, only winning six games. So, um, so that's pretty far under. Yours are five and twelve for each. Yeah. So, but still, but it, but it ends up being two under, two over for two under, two and over. So our bets on this one will be a wash on the AFC South, no matter what the outcome is. You and I will tie. So no, there's no advantage to be had there for between you and I. No, no advantage. Maybe perhaps there will be in the AFC North. How about you see the AFC North shaking up? So I have uh Cincinnati winning the division at uh, 12 and 5. I have uh Baltimore coming in second at 10 and 7. Cleveland slipping a bit from last season to 6 and 11. And Pittsburgh giving uh, Mike Tomlin their first losing season, I believe, under his tenure, five and twelve, not high on Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. as, as you may be. Yeah, this is this is where we're. This is probably the division where we're the most different on. I think, at least in the AFC, for sure. Um, so I had Cincinnati also at twelve and five, winning the division. I have Pittsburgh at second at eleven and six, 
Then I have Baltimore at ten and seven. I think that's the same record you had for Baltimore, ten and seven. And then I had Cleveland at nine and eight. So I actually have each of the four teams with a winning record in that oh, wow. division, um, which is unusual. But I think given the fact that I think that the uh, NFC is 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 so weak, I think some of those AFC teams or some of those AFC divisions um, can have three or more teams with winning records, maybe even four, like the like the AFC North. So I have Cle- I have Cincinnati, then Pittsburgh, then Baltimore, then Cleveland, 12, 11, 10, and then nine wins. Um, for for betting, we're only going to be off by one here. We have three of them are the same, and one is different. So, Yeah, Cincinnati was 11 and a half was the over-under, and so we had them go 12 and five, so they're just over. Yeah. Um, Baltimore was 10 and a half and we had each of them at, at each of us had Baltimore 10 and seven. So each was just barely under, um, Cleveland was nine and a half was the over under, um, I had Cleveland at nine and eight. So just under, and you had Cleveland at six and 11, six and 11. So well under, well under, yes. And then the polarizing one was Pittsburgh over under eight and a half. I had them at 11. So quite a bit over, and you had them at Way wins well under so Kenny Pickett as you I think you mentioned I don't know if it was before we went on the air or not has a was it a perfect passer rating in the preseason and he's yeah he's for the collective preseason. and I think TJ yeah. Watt coming back is going to make the team better they were just over 500 last year with basically no good quarterback play mm-hmm. and so Pickett can play fairly well which I think he maybe can um maybe because I'm closer to Pittsburgh maybe I'm just becoming a more of a of a Pittsburgh homer, uh, thanks to my proximity to Acrisure Stadium. <laughs> uh, I won't call it Acrisure Stadium in front of uh, Pittsburgh fans because it's will always be Heinz Field uh, yeah. to them or Three Rivers Stadium. Maybe I, I can I can call it yeah. New Three Rivers and New Three Rivers. Yeah, rivers are new. <laughs> no, the, the the new new stadium at. Three Rivers or something new we can call oh, it. Okay. We we yes. Uh so that was the NFC AFC North. Um now last but not least is the AFC East. How did you see that shaking out? I have um Buffalo winning the division at uh equal to the Chiefs record at 13 and 4. I have uh, Miami second at ten and seven, the Jets just behind that, nine and eight, Pats pulling up the rear, six and eleven. Okay, our we were very similar. We were similar, but just a little bit off uh, of each other on this one as well. So I had Buffalo winning. I had them at twelve and five, so um, a little one one win less uh, than you had them. I actually had Miami and New York Jets reversed. I think I I think that you know going in I thought well Miami I think is a better team than the Jets, mm. but I think um, Miami's schedule is going to be a little bit harder than the Jets because Miami finished in second place last year in the East and the Jets finished in third place last year in the east i think maybe it was fourth even then they finished third but um the the jets were last and they were fourth okay seven wins they had seven okay yeah so um and so the jets last year 
So, so one of the games that the Miami will play in the against the um, AFC South, they each play one team. Uh, the Mi- Miami uh, in, against the AFC South will uh, will play. I believe uh, Tennessee at mm. home, and I think Tennessee is a much tougher game than the Jets AFC South game, game which is going to be um, Houston. Houston. So it, the Miami gets Tennessee at home. Yeah, and one Jets, gets one, two gets two. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So the Jets get Houston at home, and so I think the game hosting Houston is much easier than the game hosting Tennessee, mm. and I think. Um, it's that's, that's what we think season. now. You know, we don't know. Maybe he's I don't know, but I think that's 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 my difference between the two of them. No. If if they if if the Jets were playing Tennessee and the Miami was playing Houston, I'd have that I'd have that record switched. So I have them pretty close. But um, I I think Tennessee's going to be pretty good. And I think Houston's going to be pretty bad. So uh, the Jets at ten and seven, Miami at nine and eight, and then I have New England also in last. But I had them at eight and nine. This was actually before they got rid of Bailey Zappi when I made this. So now I maybe think of them a little bit worse than that. But maybe Zappi will come back and uh, play well. I am maybe, you know, the... Would you still have the Patriots beating the Chiefs? Because you might have assumed that they were going to be with Zappi, not... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I tend to think though. I was just thinking. Well, Belichick always plays the Chiefs tough, mm-hmm. and it's at New England. Maybe the Chiefs are have you know a big lead in the AFC. It's not the biggest, most important game. It's later in the season. Maybe there's some injuries, and so I was thinking. Well, maybe this is this is where the Patriots can steal one, but um, who knows? Yeah, if if it's I don't I don't. I don't really see how Mac Jones matches up well with Patrick Mahomes, but by that point, you know, I just think the the team, you know, usually the Chiefs will lose a game, or most good teams will lose a game that you don't think they were going to lose. Mm. And last year, the Chiefs lost at Indianapolis, and Indianapolis ended up being one of the worst teams. They weren't yet probably in the shambles that they would become. But uh, because they still had Matt Ryan and they still had Jonathan Taylor healthy and and stuff like that, but it became obvious maybe what that the Colts were not going to be as good as people thought the Colts were going to be. But yeah. and people that was a head scratching loss, especially looking back. And it was and it, re, and it required like you know the a poor you know some Sky Moore fumbles, uh, Chris Jones's uh, game ending sack. Uh, taken off the board because he said something mean, perhaps to Matt Ryan. You know, there were all these little weird mm-hmm. things that happened where this made the Chiefs lose uh, by just a little bit. So those things can happen on the road, and who knows? But yeah, so I had so the buff so we each, so you, um, Buffalo first, New England last. We were right, and then we had the Jets and Miami flip flopped. Um, yeah. Buffalo's over uh, was uh, over under was ten and a half wins. So we each went over mm-hmm. there. Comfortably over. More than one game. Yes. Um, and now the Jets and Miami is where we get interesting because mm-hmm. they were each over or under nine and a half wins. So you had over on Miami, right? Or were you nine and eight with Miami? I was uh, ten and seven with Miami. So I'm ten and seven with Miami. So you were over with Miami. We're both over with Miami. I think are were they I think Miami's eight and a half. Is that right? 
I saw them at nine and a half when I did mine. Oh, it is nine and a half. I did not catch that one. It is nine and a half. So yes, so we have three differences in the AFC East. This will be the pivotal race to determine the yeah. so, record for uh, you versus me. Because that one win, 10 and 7 versus 9 and 8, was all the difference. So I had the Jets with 10 wins, so I had them over 9.5. You had the Jets with 9 wins, so you had them under 9.5. Yes. You had the Dolphins with 10 wins, so they're over 9.5 for you. I had the Dolphins with 9 wins, so they're under 9.5 for me. That's right. And then we had New England. I had New England with 8 wins, so they're over 7.5. You had them with 6, so they're uh, under for you so yeah um yeah three differences between you and i and that i mean the records are very close mm-hmm. to, to each other yeah and this is why this is why i think las vegas usually picks the right number uh for these teams or very often does and it's it's tough to say well i think they'll be you know they're gonna be a nine and eight or an eight and nine team or a ten and seven or a nine and eight team it's hard to hard to decide especially going in so this is this is where they make their money and i'm a little concerned that i picked so many overs but yeah it's usually the sucker bet but maybe well some i mean some teams are going to win a lot of games some teams are going to lose a lot of games and it's just all about the middle right as the yeah how did your afc playoff picture shake up so i think we had three of the division winners were the same buffalo cincinnati kansas city we you and I differed on the South. We had them tied, but you had Tennessee winning the tiebreaker. I have Jacksonville. Yeah. For me, that meant Tennessee is actually out of the playoffs entirely. Uh, and so I have the the Chargers, Baltimore, and uh, Miami being the three wild card representatives from the AFC. At ten and seven. All at ten and seven. Yeah. Yeah, I had ten and seven teams also missing the playoffs. I had the Chiefs at the first seed. I had them at 14. Then I had the Bengals, Buff, Bengals, Bills, each with 12. And I kind of ended up being reversed from last year. I had the Bengals as number two, the Bills as number three. And then I had the Titans with 11 wins, edging out the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, for their division. So Tennessee ended up with a fourth seed. Pittsburgh also had 11 wins. So I ended up having Pittsburgh at, at the five seed and Jacksonville as the six. And then I had four teams with 10 and seven records. So I didn't end up uh, breaking those ties. So I had uh, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Jets all at 10 and seven. And so one of those four teams. Only one of those teams would make it. If you just had to throw a team out there, who would you throw out there? Um, I'd say one of the Wests, uh, the Chargers, maybe. I would have them. Yeah, because they could. Or, man, that'd be that would be really tough to break that tie though. Or possibly the, or possibly, well, the Ravens or the Jets too. I don't know. I also had Cleveland at nine and eight and Miami at nine and eight. So like, I have um, five teams in the AFC with winning records that did not make the playoffs. And, and how many losing record teams did you have in the NFC? I just had one losing record, but I had uh, four, eight, nine teams t- vying for the seventh spot. So. Mm. Um, yeah, I had actually had two losing record teams in the the last division. Yeah. The last, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it just shows that we each think that the NFC is the weaker conference and the AFC is the stronger one. And but there's the little nuances between 
the differences between our two picks are, are, are I think, going to be interesting as the see well, to see what happens as the season goes along, especially as the over unders. We didn't make really bets on the playoffs or anything like that, but um, I, I think since because we're big homers, we probably think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think that's a dumb bet. But I think it's something that I wouldn't bet on simply because the odds aren't probably very good, and um, it's made more of the heart than the head, but. I think the in general the over unders. I think we try to be fairly scientific. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we will get more of those right. Each get more of those right than we get wrong. So next next week we'll start our betting uh, on the regular games. Are we going to do the same thing? Three? We're going to do pick three. What do you yeah, think? we will. Pick, I think I think we'll pick three uh, bets to make each week. Our most confident bets but then i think maybe just to kind of measure ourselves we can pick over unders and spreads for all of the games and we can kind of see well how well do we do overall do we do better or worse when we actually have to uh you know be confident in these Mm. picks you know or do we say well maybe we should only be confident and not pick every game because we'll do we'll do better on the ones we actually think we'll do right yeah so something like that and just this is just really about compiling uh data i think at this point for us should and, we be professional betters? That is the question we're trying to answer for ourselves. Yes. Should we move to again as a disclaimer? We're not actually making these bets, though. Right now, these are all theoretical. Yes, this is this is something that we need to decide before we. And uh, not, and neither are we recommending anyone bet on these things. That I'm using our our uh, our our discussion here as as uh, evidence as to why you should or shouldn't do anything. I I think if anything, we should become professional preseason betters. Because that's our very simplistic model uh, worked quite well. Yeah, but just looking at the over unders of Week One of the NFL, they're much much higher than the preseasons games were. So I think there's not that advantage to be had there. And if anything, I would go blanket under rather than blanket over if I had to make a if I had to do a blanket one. But I'm not. I don't want to do either of those. I would do each one individually, which is a lot more work and a lot more. Uh, it does take more on uh, should should we wrap up this week's episode of uh of our of our esteemed program this has been a a much shortened version compared to recent weeks of the of uh wtph but it doesn't mean we uh aren't as uh enthusiastic this because we were the last couple of weeks we just had more uh, material to go through and we're both very excited for football season uh, as one of our listeners uh, uh told me uh we, we were supposed to be, we should say football is soon approaching yay that was the line i was given i was surprised that it did not include a go football that's go it football. yeah that's our, we have a well i don't know if you know which listener that is but anyway um I'm pretty sure I do, but <laughs> it could be one of millions, uh, Dr. Scaff. It's hard to it's hard to say. Uh since uh you know we, we were such such a popular program here on the on the various podcast channels and and, and on YouTube. So but anyway, uh we will talk more talk about more of our popularity and more of our uh you know wonderful betting prowess next week. And when we make our uh, initial season, uh, in-season 
bets for week one. Um, we, we have a whole, you know, 10 or so days uh, to kind of bask in the, uh, you know, afterglow of the preseason and the cutdowns and maybe some of these rosters are going to get shifted and shaken up a little bit. You at least hope some of them will. If you're a Patriots fan, you want you do want a second quarterback on that roster. You also uh, are hoping maybe that maybe if you're a fan of one of the um, teams that didn't do terribly well last year, that maybe you'll be able to pick up uh, some of the castoffs uh, from uh, some other team and insert them into your uh, into your team and have them maybe even be a a, a, a starter or a or a main contributor as as, as the year goes on. So um, while you while you're thinking about that. Uh, I shall remain Dr. Michael Orman. He shall remain Dr. Andrew Scaff. We shall remain the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel or our or our various uh, podcast uh, uh, delivery systems. And do we have anything else to say before we close, mm. Dr. Scaff? I think so. Since since we have nothing else to say, we bid you good day. Will Carson Wentz be on a roster by the time our Ooh. next episode comes on? Um, possibly. <laughs> the Is that definitive enough? Yeah, you can cut that in if you want. <laughs> Confident non-answer. Yeah. yeah, don't want to rule anything out. <laughs>